0: I want to talk about we we're on the vein we talked about last week on God's everything that has happened in the last year has been God refocusing redirecting uh, the church and I'm, when I'm speaking about a church I'm not talking about an organization I'm talking about you and I as God's people everything that God is doing right now is really to, to visit us the Bible clearly tells us that judgment always begins in the house of God. And uh, the condition of the nation is largely a reflection of the condition of the church. And if we want healing in the nation, it has to start with healing in the church. And I'm not talking about, organization, I'm talking about you and I. It has to start with us. And, uh, you know, we've we lost sight of what it really means to be citizens of the kingdom of God and what it really means to, to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And in Matthew's gospel, Matthew records the story of a Gentile who understood something that the people who was closest to Jesus, they just didn't get it. They just didn't understand it. And the Bible says, and Jesus marveled at this Gentile who understood. And I I believe this is a principle that is so lacking in the body of Christ. I want to begin reading at Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. You know, whenever there's brokenness, whenever there's hurting, whenever there's terrible suffering in our world, it is always the heart of Jesus to go and heal them. You know, when... We look at our nation, when we look at our homes, when we look at uh, the, this whole pandemic that is wreaking havoc on our society, I want you to know it is always the heart of Jesus to heal them. This man understood something that so often we miss. Listen, he said, The centurion, Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you to come under my roof but just say the word and my servant will be healed for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I tell this one go and he goes and to that one come and he comes and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was astonished. He marveled at this Gentile that understood authority more than the people who was closer. He understood what it really means to submit to authority, what it really mean to be under the lordship of Christ. Do we do what he say? Do we come when he says come? Do we go when he say go? When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and he said to those following him, "I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith." Jesus marvelled that a centurion, a Roman soldier, understood the kingdom more than the citizens who were there. If you read the rest of the verse, he goes on and tells the story that that, that there will be those who, who, were part of, who should have been the kingdom that won't be, won't be able to partake and yet those who are outside the kingdom because they understood a principle that this centurion understood that they will partake of the kingdom. Let, let me just, uh, I, so, so you, you don't think I'm exaggerating. L- listen to what he says in Matthew. Many will come from east and west. He will and he said, say, I say unto you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out in the other darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen. Why Jesus marveled, he understood, this and understood what I call the missing key. He understood that power, say power, power flows through submission. If you want to be in a, a person who have authority and, and see the power of the kingdom flow through you, You have to first learn how to be under authority. He understood the missing key because he was under authority. He understood authority. I'm convinced we don't fully understand the authority that we have been given through Jesus Christ. Authority flows through those who are under authority. Listen, the Bible says in Romans, the 14th chapter, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness Is peace and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, he said, The kingdom of God is not a matter of word, but it's power. We see two elements of the kingdom. It speaks of the character of the kingdom and the the authority of the power of the kingdom. Listen to me. If you and I are going to see God's kingdom come, is because we're going to first learn how to bring our, our will, our lives under the agenda, under the kingdom, under authority of the Jesus Christ. You know, unfortunately, when we look at the church today, it does not look much like God's kingdom. It does not reflect his power or his character. And the reason is because we've suddenly undermined his rule by exerting our own agendas. Above his agenda. And I believe that that's one of the things that God is doing so strongly in the church today. When we look at so much of the church is characterized by everything other than righteousness. Righteousness peace let, let, me, let me just you know I, I broke it down I, I, I did some research that that word righteousness means the quality of being right with God and right with others With others it really invades your heart it's not just you're going to get right with God but how many of you would get right with others he said it's not only righteous but it's peace listen the word peace is is the word shalom, Its meaning, it means to be reconciled, it means to be at rest, to be at contentment, it means to be in harmony in one's relationship with God and man. You know, when we look at so much of our relationships, do we, can we categorize our relationships as being harmony with God and harmony with man? Do we see, are we experiencing that kind of uh, peace, the shalom of God, where we we have reconciled relationships so that we have contentment and rest and harmony with God and with others. He thirdly says joy. It speaks of the gladness and the rejoicing that comes wherever the Holy Spirit reigns. I want to just ask you before I get in this message: Does that represent or reflect your life? Does that represent or reflect the way your home is? Does that represent or reflect the way the way our churches are? You know, that's what Jesus intended. He said the kingdom of God is not a matter of meat and drink; it's a matter of righteousness, being in right relationship with God and right relationship with others. It's a matter of peace, uh, the shalom of God. It is is because of the, having harmony with God and harmony with others in our relationship. And it's a matter of joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you that the reason being is because sometimes we have not understood what it means to be people under authority. And so I want to just introduce, I want to just talk at least two aspects because, you know, on my way to church, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me and, and begin to just download things in my heart that it's amazing, you know, that um, I just didn't even see before. But I want to kind of help you to understand, because right now when we look at, again, I'm going to say it, when we look at so much of our society, more specific when we look at the condition of our churches, our relationships in the church, our families in the church, often we do not reflect the values, the character, and the power of the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that the centurion understood the missing key. What does it look like to be in submission to Christ? Because you see, for those of you that weren't here last week, learning how to live, is one who embraces the process of learning how to live all of life under submission to Jesus Christ that's what a disciple is is coming is bringing my life my agenda my plan It's amazing every song they sung that was about Lord not my will but your will not my plans but your plan not my way but your way see when we bring all of our lives under submission to him then we begin to experience his kingdom his character and his power how many want more of His kingdom? See, that's what we want. That ought to be the cry of the church. God, I want you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Let me just tell you that there's nothing else going to turn our nation around but a move of God and His kingdom coming and His will being done. How many know that's God's desire? But the kingdom comes through you and I. The Bible said the kingdom of God is within. us. God, it, it, uh, bring His kingdom. He expresses His kingdom through you and I, through people. And so how do we do that? Let me just give you just some ideas and some clues on how we live our lives on submission to Christ. One of the first things that we see is we have to learn to honor and to submit to the governing authorities. Listen to what Romans 13 verses 1 and 2 says. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. And the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against God and what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You know, one of the first roles we're called as believers, we're called to have honor and respect for the governing authorities. What we witnessed this past Wednesday was the, just the complete opposite. Hear, hear me, I, I bring no judgment, no no. Condemnation. I just want to highlight something, how we can become misled in the name of Christ. Here were people in the name of Jesus carrying crosses and yet rebelling and dishonoring the very authority that God has established. When we, we actually find, we not only misrepresent God, but he says, we actually find ourselves rebelling against God. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, I urge you, therefore, first of all, let prayers for all people uh, be given in... I'm sorry, I'm going to read the King James let First of all, let prayers and giving of things be made for all men for kings... And those in authority, the, the living Bible says, ask God to help and intercede on behalf and give thanks for them. He goes on to say, for kings and those in authority that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. Listen, put, put verse 2 of that. Pray, pray this way. Listen to how he tells us. This is how he tells us how to pray for a king. In our world, it would be presidents, mayors, governors. This is what he said. Pray for those Kings, those mayors, those governors, those parish presidents, those, pray for those in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Listen, God doesn't ask you to agree with them. He asks you to pray for them. I don't have to agree with you to respect you. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of the believers, fear God, and honor the king, 1 Peter 2, 17. Now just to understand this, Peter wrote this when probably one of the most cruelest uh, leaders in the history of Rome was, was leading. His name was Nero. Many of you know he started the fierce persecution of the church. It is believed that he set Rome on fire deliberately. Then he blamed it on the whole havoc. And then he began to burn them at the stake. He began to cause untold havoc against the church. Blaming because of his own sin. But listen, it was this same Peter who writing of Nero that we to honor the king. We're to pray for those in authority. It's the same uh, Nero who was leading, who who Paul then says that every authority is ordained of God. And he who rebels against authority is rebelling against God. Let me tell you, here's the problem. The problem is that we only want to honor the leaders who we agree with. And it's been guilty on both sides. It is like Christians who refuse to pray for President Donald Trump because they say, I, I, I won't pray for him because he don't deserve my prayers or I can't respect him. And it's likewise, it's like Christians who refuse to pray for President Joe Biden because they say, well, I don't agree with him, I don't like him. God doesn't care what you agree with, whether you like him. God has commanded us to pray for him, can I have an amen? And I want you to know that when we as the church act like the world, we misrepresent who Jesus is. We misrepresent what his kingdom is all about. Jesus said, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight for me. See, his kingdom is not of this world. This is what we got to understand. God's kingdom looks nothing like this world's kingdom. And whenever we conduct ourselves like the world, we're we're showing the world that we have a different king other than Jesus. Because Jesus said, listen, clearly, his kingdom is reflected by righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this again. When we as Christians live in open disobedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, no wonder we see lack of power, and lack of his character in our church. No wonder the church has often lost its influence because we've been just as guilty of the world of our pride, of our slander, of our disrespect, of our dishonor and our rebellion. You know God is doing such a work in my own heart. This past week I was contacted by an elected official. I don't agree with at all. But I'm so grateful that God has done a work in my heart. Because God didn't ask me to agree with them, but he's commanded me to honor them, and he's commanded me to pray for them. As I, as God did a work in my heart, As I spoke to this political leader, I asked for the opportunity. I said, can I pray for you? And you know, I not only began to pray for this leader, but as I prayed, she began to open up and confess her own struggles, her own bondage, her own sin. You see, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. What would I have done if I would have disrespected, if I would have not entertained, if I would have not honored or respected? See, God's power flows when we honor. God's character flows when we respect people. Again, I'm going to say it again. I don't have to agree with you to honor you and respect you. Can I have an amen? And God wants to bring honor and respect back to the church. Can I have an amen? See, listen, it's, it's, a, it's part of what the kingdom of God is all about. I want you to know that one of the reasons why we fail to see so much of His power, many people say, where's the power of God? Where Where's the character of God? I believe it's because we've lost sight of the honor and the submission. Listen, this this gentile he understood he valued jesus he believed that jesus could just speak the word he understood who jesus was and he respected he said i'm a person under authority and because i can say come and he come and go and he go listen i know that jesus you are a man of authority and all you got to do is speak the word and jesus marveled at this man i want you to know that when you and i live lives under authority, then we can be people of authority. Can I have an amen? Listen, authority flows through submission. And it's what is so missing in the body of Christ is what's so missing in so much of of what we see in American church. And I believe that if we're going to see his kingdom power flow we're going to see his kingdom come It's going to because we're going to once again restore what i call the missing key we're going to restore once again the the honor and submission to christ what it really means see god says if you can't submit to people you can't see you certainly not submitted to me who you can't see i wanted to talk in four areas but this morning i just want to talk in two i want to pick up next week but i want to talk about a second area because right now I've got calls all through this week about chaos, conflict, and problems in the home. All this week, and I believe it was just God reminded me, let me just tell you, one of the reasons why we see the conditions of our home that is often so rocked by, instead of peace, instead of having right harmony and right relationships with God and with others, I believe it's because we don't understand, again, the principle of the kingdom. Listen to what Jesus said when he talks about in the home. I want to say it again. The secret to you and I seeing more of God's authority and power in our lives start with you and I le- learning to live our lives under his authority. We must not only submit to the governing authorities, but listen, we must learn to submit to the authority in the home. Paul writing about relationships, he talks in Ephesians 5, he starts talking about relationships with husband and wife, relationships with parent and children, relationships with with uh, with employer, employer. He begins to deal with relationships. Listen to me, Here, here's the key. I want to just talk. He starts out in Ephesians five twenty one, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because I understand that this word submission has been sadly abused in the home, abused in the church, abused in the government. And so I, I want to share this with, with balance and clarity. I know that the word submission can be abused. But hear me carefully. In the the home, God intended submission to be mutual. That means that men have to submit just like women have to submit. I know that's not popular, but hear what I want to. Listen to me carefully. And I want you to kind of renew your mind because I know the words have been abused sometimes. And if you've ever been in relationships where people abused, their rights, whether in the church or in the home, that word submission can sound like a curse word. But I'm going to tell you clearly, God's kingdom flows through submission. And if you and I are going to understand the kingdom of God, if we're going to walk in His power, if we're going to be His disciples, then we're going to have to understand this word. Listen to me. First of all, He tells us to submit to one another out of love for Christ. Listen. So submission is mutual. Hear, hear that first. For too many Christian families. Listen. We often look more like the world. Than look we look like the church. And this is why. Because Paul. Expect, he then goes on to explain. What does that submission look like. In the home. He says to the wife. Submit yourself to your husband. As unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He goes on to spell that out. He began to say, listen, he closed that saying, why see to it that you honor and respect your husband. Then he gives the husband. Let me just say, for husband, we have the hardest task when it comes to submission. Because it says, husband, this is how you live out submission to your wife. You to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her a love that's marked by giving I want you to know that when it comes to a husband it means that listen he goes on to say uh, that he he washed her he honored her he built her up I want you to know that when men learn to honor their wives value them give of themselves freely to them Put their needs above their own. How many know no woman have no problem submitting to a man who's first submitted to Christ and submitted to his wife? Can I have an amen? and real submission listen to me real submission is not me Jesus example the Bible said listen Jesus though he was God he humbled himself and what he did he took upon the form of a servant Philippians chapter 2 begin to read it Jesus didn't come to demand that we submit to him finally no listen what he did when he came instead of instead of coming riding as a king who he is instead of coming on the throne he came as a servant and instead of demanding that people follow him instead of demanding that people listen to him what did he do he humbled himself he took the lowly form of a servant he washed feet he he did what was mean you he he did the thing that was despised what would happen if you and i as believers would begin to take the same approach not looking on our own interests But look on the interests of others. What would happen if we in our home. What would happen if every husband. Began to seek. How can he humble himself. Washes his wife's feet. Prefer her. Honor her. Cherish her. Build her up. What would happen if we begin to see. Just like follow Jesus example. I'm not talking about the world. Follow Jesus example. Where we learn and say. I'm. I'm." Listen. That, that just like Jesus, though I'm the head, he humbled himself and he became the servant. What, would you, what How can I serve you? How can I honor you? See, kingdom authority and kingdom power flows through submission to authority. And when you and I learn to follow that way, listen to me. When husbands love their wives that way, and when Christ, because listen, he didn't leave wives... wives Peter goes on to say it this way: "Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. So, that if any of them do not believe the word, did you hear that? See, we got this idea that I'm to submit if they love God. I'm to submit if they are Christian. I'm submit uh, uh, if they go to church. With no, listen to what he says. He says." Even if they do not obey the word, listen what he says be submissive to your husband, even if any do not believe the word, they may be won over without the word by the behavior of the wife. In other words, when a wife lives, he goes on to talk about whose adorning is not outward, but the inward. The inward character of a meek and a quiet spirit which is of great price in the sight of the Lord. I want to tell you, I want to say to every woman, if you want to see God's power flow through your life if you'll learn how to begin to have respect for those of you that are married, if you'll learn how to begin to honor, if you'll learn how to say, listen, I choose to honor you because Christ has commanded me, I want you to know that when you do that, then Christ will come. See, do you realize that, listen, God, the Bible said the heart of the king is in his hand. God can turn it whatever his way. I'm going to say that truth of every husband, every wife. You can't change nobody, but you can change you. Can I have an amen? And if you and I will live lives under submission to Christ, then I want you to know then all of a sudden God can come and step in. God can begin to move. God can begin to deal with that person. And it, it works both ways. And I believe that one of the reasons why, listen, Peter goes on to say, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wife, treating them with respect. That word, again, is the word honor, is the word to value them, is the word to, 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 to you know, to when you value someone, when you respect someone, you hold them in high esteem. He goes on to say, listen, giving honor to them as a weaker vessel, being heirs together of the grace of life. Why? So that your prayers be not hindered. I want to ask you all a question. Have you been having problems getting your prayers answered lately? Have you been seeing God's power in your home and family? Have you been seeing God move in mighty ways have you been seeing the Lord come and, and, and bring His power in your relationship? Now, I want you to know that if, if that's not happening, we may need to ask ourselves a question. God, is it because there's a, that there's a blockage? God said, if you won't learn to submit to one another, I won't answer your prayers. I believe that one of the reasons why we're seeing a lack of the move of God a lack of the power of God in our homes and our churches is because we do not always understand the principle of honor and submission. He goes on and he talks about, listen to me, I believe that he get in, in, in Ephesians 6, I just want to at least close with talking about what he tells those who are children because in Ephesians chapter 6, He goes on to say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it might go well with you, and that your days might be long on the earth. Now, I'm going to say something to all of you. I believe that one of the reasons why sometimes our children are in rebellion is because sometimes the parents are in rebellion. I'm going to say it again. I believe that one of the reasons why we have sometimes rebellion in our children is because sometimes we have rebellion in the parent. It's very difficult for a father to want to teach his children honor and respect when he don't show honor and respect. Can I have an amen? It's very difficult for a mother to want to teach children to obey and honor teachers when they don't. Show honor and respect in the home. And I believe that part of the chaos in the school is because there's chaos in the home. I believe one, listen to me, I believe one of the reasons why so many teachers are catching so much hell in the school is because sometimes we have hell in the home. And I believe that, listen to me, see, because it's amazing how we can sometimes put on a mask and put on a certain face in church. But what we are a whole nother way when it comes to the home. And I believe that, listen, this is why if you want to see blessings, if you want to see favor, if you want to see harmony, if you want to see contentment and, and, and that flows out of your home, it has to start flowing in your heart. And I believe that if we're going to understand this missing key, it has to start in our hearts. Listen, it is, I'm going to say it again. I believe that adult children, I want to tell you, though you may graduate and get out of the room, get from under your parents' home, you're never, ever excused from the principle of honor. And to the degree that you honor, to the degree that authority and power flow through your life. I want to say that to every child here. I want to speak to, I got my four adult children here. Listen to me. Here's one of the things the Lord showed me driving. You know, one of the keys to the favor, God. I, I know this, and I'm going to say this because I'm going to talk about it next week. You know that that we're going to talk about submission in the church, but you know that some people can sit in a church for for 20 years and never be transformed, never receive anything that, and never see any flow uh, in their lives because this principle of honor. I'm going to I'm going to speak to you as. From a parental standpoint, I believe that when parents, when children honor, respect their parents, listen, even if they're not saved, hear me, then let me tell you what happens. Then every blessing, every anointing, every gifting that God has placed in them will flow down to you. Do you hear that? Listen to me. I'm telling you that. Listen, if you want the, the blessings, always flow downward. It, God likens the anointing. It said it was that on Aaron's head, flow down to his beard, down to his garment. Listen, the anointing flows downward. You can't connect to somebody. See, when you're in authority, then what's on them going to come on you. Somebody say amen. That's why, listen, when you live under authority in the home, then I want to tell you, then the blessing that's on your life as a parent going to flow down to your children. It's it's going to flow down to your grandchildren, But when you're in rebellion, I want you to know, it stops the blessing. And I believe that one of the reasons we've been seeing a hindrance of the flow of God's blessing, his flavor, his anointing, is because sometimes we've not always understood what it means to honor, what it means to respect, what it means to submit. And I believe that, listen, I'm going to say this to parents, listen, you don't you, you need to understand authority because when you eat authority for lunch, you sow the same rebellion in your children. And then no wonder they have problems with authority. And when parents often come to me and say, My child, you know, they, they won't obey, they got all this, I often has to ask the question, then what is your how are you submitting? How? You, what's your heart attitude? See, understand, it's a heart attitude. It's not an outward thing. Respect and honor. I can be around somebody and pretend to honor and respect them, but in my heart, despise them. It's a heart attitude, but I'm telling you, when we, through the heart, respect and honor, I want you to know that, then what, what happens is, then God's favor and God's blessings will flow in ways that never thought... And I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm learning as never before the importance of honor and respect. I'm learning how that if you want God's blessing, then you're going to have to learn that one of the principles of the kingdom is the principle of honor, the principle of respect, the principle of submission. I want to close right there this morning. I, wanna, I don't want to go any further. I want to just give us an opportunity to respond to that. Let me just tell you, this is what I wrote this morning to some Christians who I disagree with. I wrote this morning, I said, Father, you know, the Lord just convicted me so greatly because we can win the argument and lose the relationship. More importantly, we can win the argument and misrepresent the kingdom. Right now, there's never been a time where there's been such racial division. There's never been a time where there's been some, such political division. There's never been a time when there's been such hatred, animosity, uh, uh, slander, gossip, I'm I'm not talking about in the word I'm talking about in the church. And so this morning as I was just preparing for this message. God convicted me. And I wrote to some people who I've strongly disagreed with. I said listen. And you'll get my phone. I just want to read it verbatim. I want to. I want to just share what I read because I believe this might help somebody this morning. This is what I wrote this morning. I said, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in lieu of all that has transpired in the past weeks since the election, I want to personally repent for the pride, the hostility, the slander, the gossip, the division, the disunity, the self righteousness, the anger, and the racial prejudice in the body of Christ. As a member of the body of Christ, I choose to identify with the sins of the church. As a black pastor, I'm grieved how we have allowed political and cultural agendas to divide us so that we no longer represent the one who died for us so that we can be reconciled to God and to one another. I repent for my role. Hear that. I repent for my role I personally played in the current disunity in the church. And for not praying and striving together for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Forgive me for every social media post I wrote or shared that does not reflect the heart of Jesus. If i have wounded, disappointed, or alienated, any of you, please forgive me. I'm asking Jesus to cleanse me of my sins and my heart so I might be used of him to promote his healing in the body of Christ. I'm convinced that if Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm convinced that if we will repent, Jesus will take what the devil meant for our division and our destruction and that he will work it together for our good and for the advancement of his kingdom. Now, if this word don't apply to you today, that's fine. But if this word applied to you in any way today, And maybe as you look over your life, like this morning, as I looked over my own life and saw the areas of lack of respect, lack of honor, lack of submission, I personally felt the Holy Spirit convict me. And I repented. And I said, God, if there's going to be a healing in the church, it has to start. In my heart. And if you're here today. I don't know where you are. What's going on in your life. Wherever it is. But as you look over your life. And look over your relationships. And look how you've responded in any way. If in any way. You've been convicted. The Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us. It's the Holy Spirit's job. He comes to convince us if the Holy Spirit this morning has convicted you or convinced you of your wrong in any way, then this morning, I want us to do this. I want us to end this service by repenting. I want us to come before the Lord and ask God once again that, Lord, your rule, your agenda, your lordship will be over my life, representing in my relationships, Represented in my home. Represented in all my interactions. See, because when we really submit it to Christ, it should be represented by every relationship we engage in. Whoever we connected with, they should see the reflection of God's kingdom. And so why people are praying, I just want to close by just giving you an opportunity, where, however you are, I just felt this morning that the way God wanted me to end this service is to give us an opportunity to repent. Because I believe if we're going to see the restoration of His power, it's going to be because we once again recommit to honoring, respecting authority. That we commit to submitting to the authorities that God has placed in our lives that's for you in any way and you say pastor that's for me if you want you can stand you can kneel you can sit whatever you want but if you want to respond in any way here's your opportunity I'm, I, I, this morning I just want to take this time and I want to rep, I want to repent to you as a pastor where I have in any way misrepresented Jesus' authority you know I've, I'm asking you to forgive me I realize that you know I, with, with authority comes an awesome responsibility to respect and honor and reflect that. And, And if I have in any way misrepresented Jesus' authority, I'm asking your forgiveness. But like that song we sung, Lord, I just want you. Jesus, today, I just want you afresh. I just want your... Your your power. I just want your authority. I want my relationships, Lord God, to reflect you in every way. If, If that's you today, then just join with me and let's just ask the Lord this morning.